me to start? <laughs> I guess we haven't we, done this in so long. It's been a while. Yeah, uh, yeah, what yeah. did we do here? Welcome back to Chop for Time. We need Jacob. Jacob's yeah. not here. Everything Jake, is lost. I know. It's been crazy. Well, yeah. Welcome back to Chop for Time. Um, it's Thomas McClure here joining and, and Ben James. Yes. I'm diving ben back James. into this. and doing, it's, it's very strange. This is the first time that we've done this since Jacob's left, mm-hmm. I think, which is a while ago. Yeah. Um, and it, it's, it's weirdly quiet, despite the fact that Jacob, Jacob never said anything. Jacob made zero noise. Yeah. Yeah. But his, just the... Presence. His presence. His presence. The ambiance of his yeah. presence was what it was. <laughs> Yeah, uh, how's your weekend? It, you was, good, well, it was good. I mean, yeah. how's your month? Seeing as we haven't done this in, in <laughs> well, a let's go back over the, the past month. Uh, no, the weekend was good. Uh, we, uh, I can't remember what I did Saturday, so I'm sign. assuming it was good. Yeah, possibly. It wasn't inherently bad because I think I would have remembered that. Right. Uh, yesterday was was good. I enjoyed. Uh, worship service with mm-hmm. the church, and then uh, yesterday evening, uh, my daughter and I, along with uh, one of our house guests, uh, mm. you know, someone uh, Stephen, who is fourteen year old, that eats everything in my house, <laughs> staying with us this summer. Uh, we went to Lexington to watch the Lexington Legends play minor league baseball team, and just very fun. Enjoyed some time there, so it was good. How about yours? Yeah, I did absolutely nothing oh, all okay. weekend. It was great. The last three weekends before this, Kylie and I have been doing different things. We've been in multiple different states, driving around, doing different things, being at weddings or little getaways on weekends when we can. So it was really nice to just do nothing. Right. And we've uh, we've had a few students in and out of the house for the last few days, which mm. has been fun as well. It's been uh, a bit like weirdly loud mm. in the, you know, um, but it, it's nice. I mean, we, we haven't had that point in our marriage yet where, we just have people walking in and out of the house, yeah. you know, at this point, which is what we always wanted, you know, mm-hmm. uh, especially with college students age, they just walk in, go straight to the fridge, see what they can find. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, see, we, we had that for several years. And then Rachel, you know, during her college years, that kind of ceased. Right. Uh, and I kind of like it. Yeah, yeah. I can, I can imagine that at some point the quietness again is, is probably going to be good. So we'll see if it continues. We have one of the students staying with us for a week. Mm-hmm. So once they move back into college, we'll see if it keeps up. It'd be right. nice if it keeps up for a little while. Right. But, yeah. Uh, Cause KCU, which is the, if you're listening to this and you're not in the area, you know, because there's so many yeah. of you that listen to our this global outreach in, you know, that we have. Right. Exactly. The international mm. um, audience that we have. KCU is in that kind of weird place right now that not all the students are back. That happens later this week. Right. Uh, but, some most of the fall uh, sports teams yeah, yeah. have already come back, so they're back, but not officially back. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and it was good. We had part of that group uh, yeah. in service with us yesterday. The KCU yeah, women's just kept soccer team. I know it was. It was great having them. So, uh, ladies, we know you're listening too. Yeah, of course. Uh, <laughs> why not? You know. So. Yeah. But no, it was, it was a good weekend, and unfortunately, we kind of had to close most things back down again. Yeah. Due to COVID, um, which was a decision made over the weekend. Um, but at least we were able to keep our Sunday morning service yeah. going. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for you know, yesterday and next Sunday for certain, yeah. we've just kind of pushed the pause button on, you hate to say auxiliary things, but right. seeing right. as Sunday morning worship is kind of what the church right. does. Right. 
Um, we, we pushed pause on Sunday school. We pushed pause on uh, Sunday evening happenings. And we're just going to kind of see where we're yeah. at in the next couple of weeks. Uh, you know, numbers around our area, uh, especially from a percentage standpoint, have, uh, have been pretty high right. these past few weeks. So we just uh, we felt like maybe the most prudent thing for us just to, to yeah. kind of aid in hoping to see those numbers go back down a little bit is to uh, to push pause on a couple of different things. So. Yeah, which is pretty good uh, tie-in to what we've been focusing on the last couple of weeks. Yes. You know, yeah. uh, and this seemed to kind of come up out of the blue about, mm-hmm. what, three, four weeks ago, yeah. the discussion the yeah. discussion about it kind of started. Mm-hmm. Um, but just the... Uh, the topic of mental health has come up mm-hmm. well in the media, in our local area, in our friend groups, in our families, more than I think they have ever come up, yeah. you know, and it's, and it's become a real topic of, of conversation, which is probably a good thing that people are talking about it mm. and that it's uh, people are beginning to realize, oh, this is something I might need to uh, focus on mm-hmm. <laughs> and be careful of. Yeah. Um, uh, so we decided to sort of just bring the Bible into the conversation. It's probably Which is a decent way of, a good thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. of doing it. So um, <laughs> you, the last couple of weeks, you've sort of started to dive into mental health. And, and uh, you've started each of the last two weeks, or, well, you definitely started this week with the quote from Matt Chandler of, mm-hmm. um, it's okay not to be okay, but it's not okay to stay there. Yeah, It's kind of a good... Uh, framework for where everybody is Mm -hmm. at the moment yeah because i don't know of anyone who's okay at this point i really don't yeah um i wish i could say i did yeah Uh, maybe give us a blueprint or some type of um you know grid of what that looks like during this time but and i think even the people uh, who may still be holding on to the fact that hey i'm still okay yeah they're not okay right Uh, yeah this is this has had a profound effect yeah on everyone that i know yeah Yeah. and it and it's and it's been yeah universal it doesn't matter if you're the ceo of a business or if you are a you know a janitor at mcdonald's it's affected everybody the same way uh differently yeah if that makes sense like we we've talked a lot about um even in the church of like uh, for you as well for uh, decision fatigue it's oh, probably yeah. the same for multiple like business owners mm-hmm. or yeah. anybody in charge of lots of people and decisions of just every week new things come out new statistics and new numbers and new decisions that have to be made and it's exhausting mm. of just having to deal with all this stuff over and over and over again for a year and a half at yeah. this point well and i think that just to pause there and camp on that that fact just for a moment um I can speak this as truth for me. Uh, it's probably universal. Right. Uh, because I'm someone, I don't mind making decisions. Right. That's part of what I've done the most of my adult life mm-hmm. is I've been in a position to where decisions have to be made and they have to be made frequently. I don't mind multiple decisions a day, day right. in, day out. I, I don't mind that. That's something that doesn't bother me. Um, what I've struggled with from the decision fatigue standpoint is not having a real clear-cut sense Mm. of right or wrong, Um, whether it be the right decision or the wrong decision or 
the as the dissimulation of information comes to us right you know being able to make our best guess you know right. our, our best guess at what the decision is should be right at that point and i think that probably everyone is there of just yeah. uh even in the past with decisions we can't say that we go into every decision with a clear sense of what is the absolute right and what is the absolute wrong right but we have a pretty solid foundation usually going into it of conceptually yeah. what is right what is wrong and i don't i don't know if we've been able to make a decision yeah. through this whole thing to where we can look and consider everything in the balances right. and go okay this is pretty clear cut that this right. is the right decision. This is the wrong decision. It just feels like we're kind of throwing darts at the proverbial dartboard, and the board's not stationary. Yeah. It yeah. just seems to move. Uh, yeah. So that's the decision fatigue I know that I've experienced and am still experiencing, yeah. quite honestly. Yeah. Uh, and you, you kind of started on, on Sunday morning. You uh, through the sermon, you were you, you pointed out that none of these emotions and none of these feelings are things that we aren't used to. Right. You know, like we've dealt with heartache, we've dealt with pain and loss and suffering, um, loneliness or hecticness or whatever, like whatever the emotion is. But you made a good point, of which I didn't even think about before, but it's that we're experiencing all of them in rapid succession all the time. Yeah. And at a volume... Yeah. That we're not used to experiencing right. them. And that came out through a conversation that I was able to have through the week. If you've not heard either of these sermons yesterday mm. or the week before, go back. I encourage you uh, to go back and listen to those um, right. because they've sparked a lot of conversations, which is a good, yep. it's a really good thing. Yeah. Uh, but during one of the conversations last week, that was kind of that, that thought, you know, how you process as you speak. Mm-hmm. Um, that thought hit me as we're talking about all of these different emotions that we're experiencing. I'm like, I've experienced all of these right. my entire life, but usually one at a time yeah. or two at a time. Yeah. And then now, not only we are experiencing what seems like all of these yeah. at the same time, I think we're experiencing them with a level of weight, mm-hmm. of gravity that we've never experienced them yeah. before. So not only are we experiencing the multiplicity of them, of all of them on us seemingly at once, there's a greater weight to all of them yeah. than what most of the time we've experienced them. Yeah, and I've noticed in my own life I'm experiencing probably for the first time, emotions that seem contradictory, but I'm experiencing them at the same time. Yep. Like, I'm feeling a desperate need to recluse and just have some time to, a bit of peace, a bit of peace and quiet. But I desperately want to be with people. Yeah. But at the same time, when it's that, <laughs> yeah. that reclusive and that introversion moment yeah. happens, you're almost... I'm bored out of my mind. Yeah, and, like, and you're miserable within yeah. your own head. And you're yeah. just like, okay, I need to talk to somebody, but I don't want to talk to somebody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's yeah. A good it's, point. It's very strange, and uh, it's definitely an eye-opening experience. I mean, I even said um, when applying for this job um, and at the interview, so I've suffered with unbattled depression and stuff in the past, mm-hmm. and I, I'm i very aware of the signs of when it's starting to take effect again, is to recluse and to not show up to things and to say I'm sick when I'm not sick mm-hmm. or to all those kinds of things. And um, it's it's like those same things are forced on me but not aren't actually connected to depression at this point. It's like, right. you know, when I did get COVID, I was forced 
to recluse for two weeks mm-hmm. and be on my own. And I was sick and I was like, my brain, because I'm super aware of falling back into depression again. Uh, you know, I, I'm super aware of what that looks like. And then I'm forced into that state mm. for two whole weeks. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? And it's, it's such a strange time. Do you know what I mean? And everybody has different things that they are, might have to deal with. You know, some people have had COVID. Some people don't. I know some people who, like my grandparents back home, they're loving it. They get their, they're both, this is the first time they've been able to enjoy retirement. They've, their garden is looking fantastic. <laughs> and they're, you know, they, they miss the family and all that kind of sure, stuff. But they, sure. they don't miss the busyness of life. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, and I'm kind of in this opposite state of like, can I just be busy again? Yeah. <laughs> so the last few weekends, which were busy, it's been fun. it's been great. Yeah. In that sense, um, but yeah, the ebbs and flows. Now we're back in the quiet time again. Mm. You know. So, um, but the nice thing is, which which you kind of drew us into uh, on Sunday there yesterday, is that this isn't, you know, First Corinthians talk of this isn't something that has been uncommon to man. Right. You know, yeah. and there are stories in the Bible mm-hmm. of people dealing with similar emotions, uh, maybe not the exact same circumstance, but similar emotions and effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and we looked at Elijah. Yeah. Yeah. And we started in the book of James, uh, which right. was a, a little surprising to me even. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I think that it was a really great place for us to start because just like with any biblical character, even though we know their flaws, right. we put them up on a pedestal of almost like a super superhuman level yeah, of yeah. They, they they were just that much higher than us right. almost fictional yeah, yeah like we do have i think, this kind of I think that's a good word for it yeah I, I i think that's completely accurate but we look at james five seventeen, which he's talking about the power of prayer mm-hmm. yeah this is the section where james is winding down his letter and he's talking about you know the effectual fervent prayer of a righteous person avails much and he's, you know, giving this kind of dissertation on just how powerful prayer is. And then he uses the name Elijah. Right. Makes sense, right? I mean, mm-hmm. the other New Testament references are Hebrew 11. You know, Hebrews 11 for Elijah. He's in the Hall of Faith. Right. Well, he, he makes a, an appearance on the Mount of Transfiguration with Moses right. and Jesus. So the people talked about John the Baptist being Elijah. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, that makes sense. You would recognize him. But we read out of the Amplified as well which gave us an indication as to the the Greek language in this passage. The inflection was to highlight, highlight our, um, our similarities to Elijah in the way that we view things mentally, emotionally, and physically, and how right. we struggle and how we right. falter and fall. Um, so, the, you know, he's, the lesson he's saying there is like, listen, Elijah even, who was who was flawed, who had struggles, who, right. you know, hit rock bottom here. Um, you, you know, you're just, he's just like us. Yeah. So we started on that premise and we went back and we hit some of the highlights of Elijah's story, which most of us knew the majority of those, you know, right. the, you know, the calling down the fire, the seeing the, um, the wheat and the oil, none of the grain and the oil, none of those running out and just, yeah. you know, seeing the dead raised to life and we talked about those but then we really spent some time where elijah after the fire fell after the standoff on mount carmel with the prophets of baal um, he goes into hiding out of fear 
And he goes into a cave, basically, and just says, a couple times, he tells God, he's like, okay, I'm done. Yeah. You can take me now. What, what need is there for me to live anymore? Hmm. Elijah was dealing with some emotional and suicidal thoughts. Yeah. Um, and we don't often attribute those types of things to yeah. the biblical characters, which can become fictionalized in yeah. our minds. And I think it's important to say as well, like we probably think of those things as a modern thing that like, but we're not reading this into the passage. Like literally, yeah, he, is he saying, literally says, yeah, I mean, you know, you might think, oh, well, Elijah dealt with mental health problems. That sounds too much like a modern reading of, <laughs> yeah, of a passage. Yeah. But if you actually look at it and, and you see like, like, a hero of heroes at the top of his game, experiencing success after success and all these miraculous things, seeing God do crazy things through his life. Yeah. Gets one threat and probably received multiple threats for most of his life, but one threat from one particular person that just hit harder than everything else. Yeah. That just sent him into a cave, literally. Yeah. <laughs> like yeah. ran away to a cave and yeah, it's just like, I'm, I, I give up on life. Take me. Mm-hmm. I'm done. <laughs> you know? Um, and like, granted, we we probably don't, you know, we don't experience, well, I haven't experienced calling fire down from heaven and running faster than chariot or... That's uh, so cool. I'm so like, sorry. That's yeah. just my favorite part of Elijah's right. story. Like, or all the other things, cool things that he does. But we do have big, successful things mm-hmm. that we get to look back on our lives and see, like, wow, God did cool stuff. It's like, I've, you know, I got to travel to different countries to tell people about Jesus, which is mm-hmm. like, you know, have... If if we went back to the early church time and got to say, yeah, I've traveled thousands of miles to tell to do mission strips with kids, yeah. like they'd be like, oh my, that's incredible. Yeah. But we're just like, yeah, you just hop on a plane. Yeah. No, big, <laughs> no big deal. Well, and I mean, I think that all of us can relate. I mean, has to our listeners out there, has God ever used you to help lead someone to Him? Right. You know, have, have you ever witnessed, have you ever led someone through the prayer? Have you ever been part of that process? What greater spiritual victory is there than that? Right. Yeah. Seeing someone yeah. give their heart to Jesus and you, on whatever level, being a part of that. Yeah. That's the biggest miracle yeah. of all yeah. of them. Yeah. And, you know, we all, like, yeah, we all have big successes, whether it's growing a business or whether it's building a family, getting married, um, just any milestone that you can hit in your life we can always look back and see success in some capacity mm-hmm. and something cool. But yes, there's always one thing sometimes that it takes to just send you into a cave. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, and being convinced that you're the only one. Right. That there's nobody else left, that you're doing everything, right. that you've done it all, and I can't do it anymore. Right. And that's where Elijah found himself. Yeah. And I always enjoyed the uh, God's response Yeah. to Elijah. Yeah. You know? Um what are you doing here? Yeah. And the whole, he basically bakes him a cake like or said, gives him a piece of bread. Listen, like I said know? yesterday, food and a nap, man. Yeah. yeah. Food and a nap. Praise <laughs> God. <laughs> it's but, my first answer for everything. Give me yeah. some food and I'll take a nap and then yeah. we'll revisit it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just the ability to be able to look at one of the biblical heroes and be like, oh yeah, I can relate to him. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. You know, or that he dealt with the same things that I can deal with in some capacity um is comforting mm-hmm. um but i'm really hoping that out of all of this that we see some form of conversations happen or therapy or whatever is needed happening for those who need it absolutely you know? um and you sort of tackled a few things at the end of people's questions mm-hmm. 
Uh, I don't know if you want to expand on those at all or... Uh... Yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and I understand. Okay, I, I get the right. source uh, of the concern of these questions of, hey, we're opening all of this up for conversation and everyone's starting to discuss, um, but what if someone comes to us and they start talking about dealing with mental or emotional health and they've got issues and they're having problems, but you really don't know if they're having problems or not. Right. Um, number one, you're not the judge of that. Hmm. You know, we're especially not you and I. Neither right. one of us are certified counselors, right. therapists. We're not any in the medical profession. We don't understand the chemistry of the brain. Right. We, right. I don't. I don't. I don't understand anything about that. Yeah. Um, but for us to take a position of well, we're going to pour into this person and genuinely listen to them, but not this person because our discernment is telling us this right. or that. That's a, such a dangerous and slippery slope to be on because of a couple factors. Number one, um, what if you're writing off the wrong person and they are legitimately yeah. having issues? You know, yeah. And I air yeah. quote that legitimately portion of it there. Uh, or what if the people you are talking to that you maybe don't feel like are having that legitimate, what if they're building towards that? Yeah. I mean, what if they're in the beginning <clears throat> portions of this struggle? Um, you just We just can't write them off. Right. And we just can't write people off. And again, that's where stigmas come from, and that's what we're fighting against, is that right. we have to get rid of this stigma that mental and emotional health and mental and emotional problems and seasons and issues and illnesses, that they're signs of weaknesses or lack of faith or they're not strong. I mean, we've got to get past that. And one of the ways that we do that is by being open to conversation and taking people seriously and not projecting onto them these these feelings yeah. of inadequacy or, right. oh, it's not that bad. Right. Yeah, I... I also think there's a level in which we find pride in our own struggles mm. and difficulties, mm. you know, um, uh, where we might encounter somebody else who comes to us and uh, or reaches out and is, in, and is miserable, <clears throat> but their struggles don't seem as significant as yours. Do you know what I mean? Where they like, I know a lot of people who've experienced that. Or have have felt that way with um, when it comes to any sort of prejudice, you know, with all the stuff going on in the last number of years of different forms of prejudice. I know some people who write it off and say, "Well, it's not a real thing." I mean, I was bullied in school. I know what it's like. Yeah, and it's and we elevate our own suffering to sort of be like, "Well, mine was worse than theirs, and I'm okay." Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And yeah. I, I don't think there is a a. a there's no one scale that everybody relates to. Everybody has their Fact. own scale. You yeah. Know? Like even when I was sharing my testimony about uh, my immigration mm -hmm. stuff, which f from my experience was like very stressful and long and, and, and difficult. And well, it, it was easy, but it was stressful and there was a lot going on and it was uh, a rough, real rough time. But I know that all of the negative emotions that I felt and the difficulties I had going through that are the average Tuesday of somebody <laughs> right. else in right. a church, you yeah. know? Um, that doesn't make it any less significant a part of my life. Mm -hmm. But it also doesn't mean that uh, other people don't have struggles that are 
worse. Right. You know, and it's and it's rather than gauging other people's difficulties on our based off our own gauge, we should be looking at their gauge. Yeah. If that makes sense. Well and the the thing that I use that makes sense to me, whether it makes sense to anybody else, is regardless of how big of a mountain that you're the mountain that you're facing right now, regardless of how big that looks to me or how big it's going to look to you once you get past it. Because right. most of the time, as we look back on things in our yeah. life, the struggles weren't as big right. as what we thought they were in the moment. Right. Most of the time. But the one reality that I can speak to is that whatever mountain is in front of you in this moment is the biggest mountain that you're facing currently. Right. Regardless if it's big to anyone else or yeah. if it's going to be big in the rearview mirror. Right. Currently, that's the biggest thing and the biggest challenge in your life. Right. And it needs to be treated that way. Yeah. And it, and back to that Matt Chandler thing is it has to be overcome. Like, don't just stay where exactly. you are. Don't look at the mountain and think it's too big. Yeah. Because if you believe that and you believe in Jesus, then you're diminishing what you believe God can do. Yeah. <laughs> you Amen. Know? Yeah. Um, and, and and not just to just, just say like, ah, get over it, mm-hmm. you know. And and I've we I had a lunch yesterday with a couple of college students who were saying that they've experienced that sort of remark from uh, from other people mm-hmm. in, in our community and, and um, of this idea of well, mental health just you just got to get over it, and it's taken too lightly. Mm-hmm. You know, which, because it is true that we have to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but, but not in a sort of like, just be happy. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we do have to take it seriously mm-hmm. and, and tackle it head on. Absolutely. Um, and kind of what we've been focusing on in Ephesians in the last little bit as well, of never alone. Mm-hmm. Like there's a, there's a reason that there's a church. Yeah. There's a you reason on yesterday. That, that Paul talks about it as a body. Right. You know. Yeah. 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 Without... Yeah, and we all have different roles and responsibilities and no one part of the body can say to the other that it's more important. Yeah. You know, like the body can't walk if the legs aren't there, yeah. you know, and can't see if the, you know, all that kind of stuff. Like every part is important and every part supports mm-hmm. other parts. Fitly joined together, yeah. as the King James Version says. Right. As every joint supplieth. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, I think I'm excited to see where what conversations come out of this um, topic in this um, study that we've been doing mm. um, and to see especially once we get back together in small groups and, and stuff like that yeah. to see how those change yeah. with all of this stuff in mind to see if more support comes out of it um, which I really hope is the case Yeah. Um, but uh, were there any other things that you chopped? Oh yeah, yeah. yeah there was a lot of things a lot of things that I chopped um one of the things would be we really didn't take a look at Elijah after this experience. Mm. You know, once he, um, you know, we kind of came out on the other side of this this moment, this struggle. Um, one of the things that stood out to me is, you know, he's introduced to another prophet. Mm-hmm. Amazingly, Elijah is convinced that he is the only prophet left. But right. amazingly, that's not accurate. Right. And it. How many times do we get in our own headspace like that to think we're the only ones? Right. We're the only ones going through this. We're the only ones ever been here. We're the only ones here currently. And it's just not the case. Right. But he's introduced to Elisha mm-hmm. and kind of becomes his apprentice, you know, his right. Padawan learner somewhat. Yeah. And uh, you know, one of the things that stuck out to me is reading that story is that like Elijah tries to run him off 
numerous mm-hmm. times, and Elisha refuses. What if, and this is, this is just me reading and me thinking, what if the reason for that stubbornness that was God was inspiring Elisha to stay loyal to Elijah because he knew how dangerous it was for Elijah to be isolated now. Right. That the isolation had led him into that place of the cave and that place of that mental struggle and that illness of, of just saying, okay, I'm done. Take me now. What if that became a very real danger again in his life, but he had someone who just said, no, you're not getting rid of me. Right. Part of that purpose being that support system. Yeah. I thought that was a fascinating. Yeah. Again, that's just a thought. That's just me. Right. That's that's not canonized in Scripture, right. but that's just one of the thoughts. So I, I, I left that one out because that's mm. that's really speculation. I think it's a powerful speculation, sure. Sure. but it is speculation well, on I mean, my part. It's, yeah, it's not outside of the rest of the biblical narrative of the importance of right, support. Right, right. So I'm not in complete heresy sure, sure. here, so that's, that's good to know. Uh, yeah. Secondly, I chopped, kind of taking a look at his experience, at um, how God was speaking to him. Because while he was in the cave, you know, there, there came, um, you know, the, the wind, the great wind. Oh, yeah. And God yeah, wasn't in yeah. the there, there came the great yeah. storm and the, the, you know, the great clouds and lightning, and God wasn't in any of those. Yeah. But then there came the still, small voice, right. and God was there. Um, I think I think is it the NIV calls it a gentle whisper. Yes, a gentle that, whisper. Uh, yeah, and description. What stuck out to me there that I didn't talk about yesterday was that was completely and totally opposite of any way that God had ever revealed Himself to Elijah before. Hmm. Everything else had been in these great miraculous signs. Yeah. Um, the the dr- proclaiming the drought and then proclaiming the end of the drought. The um, the the supernatural resources of being fed at the brook of Cherith and being provided for there, the widow and her son, that the food never running out, the resurrection from the dead, him running out, running a chariot for 20 miles, him calling down fire and consuming a soaked altar to prove who the true God was. All of these things were in that big, that boisterous, that loud. Mm. So in this moment, God is teaching him that he's not just in these things. Right. He's also in the still, small voice, that, that gentle yeah. whisper, which is a new paradigm. It, it's a complete paradigm shift right. for the way that he's communicated with Elijah before. Mm. And I thought that was fascinating. Yeah, that, yeah that's very cool. Um, yeah, no, I like that. I think that's because we, we always look for... God in the big thing. Yeah. It's like, make everything obvious. Yeah. Especially <laughs> when he's always spoken to us. And yeah. We're guilty of looking for God in the big things when we don't even have a history right. of, <laughs> of yeah, the yeah, big yeah. things yeah. happening. So how much more would yeah. Elijah be looking for that Yeah, uh, you know, yeah. with that? And, and lastly, I think the, I, I spent a little bit of time there, but just how Elijah was focused on present day mm-hmm. instead of having hope for the future. Right. And, and I'm not saying that we give up hope for present because it's right. it's part of it. But you know, God asked him a couple times, "What are you doing here?" Right, like present day stuff. Yeah. And Elijah, both times, answered him from the past. Yeah, it's like, oh, well, I've done this, and I'm the only one, and this is what happened, and that's what happened. Yeah. Your nation's falling away. I've been the only voice. I've been the only one zealous for you. God's yeah. like, yeah, I know what you've done. What are you doing? Right. Uh, and I think that's true for us as well. Right. Yeah. We just we don't just stop. 
Yeah. I think you've said this in previous uh, studies as well, of um, that we rely on our previous uh, spiritual highs mm -hmm. as the foundation of our faith. Yeah. You yeah. know, as opposed to desperately seeking more, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. which probably the same sort of... Yeah, yeah, we, we, our identity comes from seasons past right. more often than what God's speaking in right. the future. And man, you know, we, we live off of the proceeding word of God, what's happening in our lives and what God's doing currently. Yeah. Not only, and it's not taking away from what's happened in the past, but not only what's happened in the past. Right. What's he doing in the present? Right. Yeah. And you, you kind of closed um, with uh, something that I thought was very profound. Uh, and I think a lot stuck out to a lot of people of this differentiating. Dif differentiating? That's the one. Differentiating yeah. between faith and belief. Mm. Right? Yeah. You know, you put out this idea that potentially that, you know, uh, Elijah lost his faith. He never stopped believing that God was real because he mm -hmm. continuously was talking with God about it. But he lost his faith in that God had... Elijah's best in mind and was doing all these things for his good and that there was still more to come and that he was still God, you know, um, which I think we'd fall into all the time. I know I do. It's like sometimes I, I wrap my faith up in simply knowing that God is real. But, you know, we still, we, is it, I can't remember who it is in the New Testament. It's like even the demons. Jesus. Yeah. Uh, no, that was James. Was it in James? He may have been quoting uh, Jesus. Maybe. Jesus is always the answer. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, even even the demons know that Jesus is the Lord. Yeah. That doesn't make them Christians. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Um, and simply knowing that he exists isn't enough. Right. You know? Yeah. And I made this statement yesterday that I've been so guilty of that I don't think I've ever differentiated between the two. Mm. I've always just, for some reason, don't know why, but I think most all of us are guilty of it. Just feel like, well, as long as I believe, right, I've got faith, right. That's not the case, right. You can believe and not have faith, right. I think another good word for that as well would probably just be hope. Yeah. You know, like you can believe, it, you can believe, but have no hope. Yeah. Um, and just fall into complete despair. Yeah. Um. Or you can be in the absolute worst time of your life and be fully hopeful for the, what is that phrase? Is it, I think that's in Ephesians as well. For the, oh no, it's not. It's a, you know, give a reason for the hope that you, the eternal hope that you have, mm. you know, holding on to that eternal yeah. hope for knowing that God's going to do something awesome. Right. Um, it was, it was a good differentiation because I think we fall into that all the time mm -hmm. of like, yeah, n not actually having faith or hope in Christ, just believing. believing. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, it was. I'm very excited to see where we go. Do where where are we heading next week? Um, we are most likely. <laughs> uh, the plan is that for the next couple of weeks, we'll probably be looking at the battlefield of the mind, right? Uh, the renewed mind concept mm -hmm. that we see in Scripture, and just the fact that hey, that's the one one battle, spiritual battle that we never get a break from, right? Is yeah. that internal mental battle yeah. in our mind? So yeah. that that's. That's the plan is to, to be there for a little bit. That sounds great. Yeah. Cool. Well, any closing thoughts? or I, Reach I mean, out. Yeah. You just reach out to us. Reach out to someone. It doesn't have to be us. Right. Uh, we're, we're most open to that. But, uh, but if you're struggling, if you're, I mean, even if you don't have a history with struggling and you don't know, you're confused about what's going on, 
you're in a fog, you can't get out of it. This is one time in your life you just can't snap your way out of something. Right. Reach out. Yeah. Talk to someone. Um, obviously, we're not the end answer. Right. Uh, but most all the time, the first step into that answer is is talking to someone. Yeah. Yeah. Especially, you know, leaving it too long will have effects. Oh. You know, like before it affects your marriage and your home life and Tragic. your jobs, yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Talk to someone before that happens. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. we usually leave it until after. Yeah. Something terrible happens. Um, no, very good. Cool. Well, we'll hopefully be doing this again next week. Hopefully in the next few weeks. We've talked about this for ages, but we will hopefully have this on video on it's YouTube. Going, it's going to happen. It is going to happen. Listen, we've had so many construction projects and yeah. just being one. Now, let's, let's be clear. We have not been doing That's true. the construction <laughs> process, projects. It would look a whole lot worse. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Amen. Uh, but yeah, I'm hoping that uh, here in the next couple of weeks, uh, we can have this on video as yeah. along with audio and then maybe be offering a couple different things, um, yeah. looking at maybe doing some Q&A videos mm-hmm. each week, uh, some prayer stuff, some Bible study stuff. So hopefully we can get this done cool. and, and, and have some more stuff for you to consume digitally. Awesome. That sounds great. Very cool. Well, thanks for joining us at uh, Top for Time, and we will be back here again next week. What was it that Jacob do? Bye. 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 <laughs>